Good morning. I'm Jim Swan. And I'm Monica Braz. Monica is the Director of Marketing and Strategic Initiatives for BBB Serving Western Ontario. And this morning is all about learning. Learning what's involved in becoming an accredited BBB business, how you can continue learning with Western University, and learning how you can take the open road with the wind in your hair. That open road could be beckoning. And to give us insight on how you might enjoy some of that freedom, we welcome Gord Inglis of Inglis Cycle Center. Good morning, Gord. Good morning. So, Gord, you know, thinking about the time of year that we're in, do you get many first-time buyers for cycles at this time? And how do you help them be able to decide, you know, on, on how to get started? We get a lot of uh, first-time buyers. This year, with COVID, it's uh, been postponed. Uh, usually, April, May is a very busy time for uh, first-time buyers. Um, the motorcycle riding courses that we can get into a bit, um, they're up and running usually by beginning of April. And uh, unfortunately, with the, the times with COVID, it's uh, either postponed or delayed uh, a lot of the riding courses, as well as the ministries had some uh, shutdown also. So there's a backlog on uh, the ministry uh, to get onto the two-wheel vehicles, motorcycles, and to be able to ride them legally uh, on the streets of uh, Ontario. When a motorcycle uh, rider, uh, sorry, of interest is coming in, we uh, discussed the license procedure. You can have an uh, automobile license. You need to have a motorcycle license. So the motorcycle license at the end of the probation period is uh, designated as an M, simple for motorcycle. So if you were to start wanting to ride a motorcycle, you would go to the Ministry of Transportation, do a written uh, test. Uh, there's a handbook available. Uh, I think it's around $20 and uh, read up on the handbook. They talk about normal uh, traffic signs, uh, and then there's a variety of questions, uh, motorcycle applicable uh, questions about how to operate a motorcycle. Very basic, um, easy to get through the written portion. You get that, and uh, you would have then what we call as an M1 license. The M1 license is good for 90 days. The purpose of the M1 license is then you need to have an M1 license to take a, a registered uh, official training course in Ontario because the purpose of the training course is once you've done the training, which consists of about 18 hours uh, of training, you can then, if you pass the course, you will then get an M2 endorsement. Your M2 endorsement allows you to ride a motorcycle for the next uh, approximately, let's say, four and a half years. The M2 has to be um, challenged in your riding examination at the M2 to become an M license. So basically you'd go from an M1 to an M2 to an M designation in the time span of about five years, up to five years. You can do it between two and five years. So if you were to take say a Canada Safety Council course such as Fanshawe College in uh, on London has uh, a great training course and uh, they just started training, uh, doing the motorcycle training actually this past Saturday. So again, they usually start end of March and they've been delayed till just now. Uh, they had uh, usually have about 40 riders right now going through per weekend. Uh, and then they offer uh, week, uh, week courses and night courses. So you would take your uh, riding course, get your M2 and then from your M2, 
uh, you have a time span of about two years, you cannot go for your M license endorsement. You have to do use your training, get experience riding on the road. And then when you feel comfortable to get your M license, you can go to Fanshawe and do what they call as an exit course. If you pass the exit course and it's on your own motorcycle, you do the riding on the streets of London and they test you, they actually follow you. Or you can go to the Ministry of Transportation and do an exit test there. Upon if you receive your uh, pass, then you would have an M endorsement and you've got uh, then a motorcycle license. So that's if someone wants to have a full motorbike license. So let's maybe start thinking about graduating ourselves up to that. You know, um, scooters, for example, have been really popular for a while. And, um, you know, what are, are those restrictions or like in the licensing, the same thing? Or um, do scooters fall into a different category? And is that maybe something that people would think about before going into getting a full motorbike, depending on, on what it is that they're needing it for. Scooters are uh, in two stages. One, um, the lower displacement size of engine on gas-powered scooters uh, is designated as a low-speed vehicle. So you still have to go through uh, a portion of the M1 and also um, low-speed license. So you can get a low-speed license that allows you to operate uh, a scooter uh, of a size that would basically restrict you to a city, city such as London, riding around the streets of uh, uh, that have posted speed limits up to about 60, 70 kilometers. Um, your low speed restriction license would allow you on that. You can get into bigger scooters, 200 cc and bigger. Uh, the manufacturers are uh, making larger uh, cc displacement scooters. And those scooters can even be ridden on the 400 series highways uh, on uh, some of the larger scooters. Those scooters, you would need a motorcycle license because of the, uh, the road system, the speeds that you can travel. What about the three-wheeled uh, motorcycles? Uh, are they licensed differently? Yes, they're going through a different license structure also. You can, you can operate a three-wheeled vehicle with a motorcycle license, or if you don't have a motorcycle license, you can go through and do the licensing uh, for just a three-wheel vehicle. Um, the three-wheel vehicle in Ontario is designated as a three-wheel vehicle. Um, and also uh, there's a courses such as even at Fanshawe, again, uh, they do a three-wheel only training course, and then you would get your designation to be operating a three-wheel what are some of the things we should look for in a dealer, Gord, if, if we're going to uh, venture into this? Yeah. Well, um, in a dealership, go through and have some knowledge of the licensing structure. Also, you need insurance. So the, the potential new rider needs to research insurance. Sometimes the rider through social media, friends and whatnot, will get an idea of what bike they want. It may not be the bike that they should have to start out. Um, protective gear, the proper riding gear, um, helmets, gloves, jackets, pants, boots, and also offer the hopefully in-store knowledge of what it takes to maintain the motorcycle, own the motorcycle, uh, operation of the motorcycle. Well, Gord, thanks very much for your time here this morning. You've given us a thumbnail of the things that we need to know. Thanks again. Thank you. Have a great weekend.
You're listening to Ask BBB, and we've been talking to Gord Inglis of Inglis Cycle Center Limited, an accredited business with the Better Business Bureau with an A-plus rating. Search the BBB directory under Motorcycle Dealers to find them. No matter how much you know, there's always a lot we can still keep learning. When we return, Carolyn Young, Director of Western University Continuing Studies, will join us. Welcome back to Ask BBB. I'm Jim Swan with Monica Braz, Director of Marketing and Strategic Initiatives with BBB Serving Western Ontario. And we're joined now by Carolyn Young, Director of Western Continuing Studies. It's good to have you with us again, Carolyn. Thank you, Monica and Jim. So, Carolyn, you know, when people are thinking about Western University and then they hear about Western Continuing Studies, what's the difference between, you know, just regular enrollment or the Continuing Studies programs? Well, the answer is simple. It's our learners. They make the most important difference. They are at all stages of life, um, whether they're new graduates or retirement stage of life. Uh, Many are in full-time careers. They have families. Uh, We see our learners as busy people who need quick, convenient access and just-in-time opportunities to learn. So except for a few programs, there are no requirements or applications to enroll in our courses. You do not need to be a Western student or graduate to take our programs. And if you have a desire to learn, if there's something that's missing in your skill set or a topic that you're interested in, you can go to our website, take a look at the courses, certificate programs, and begin learning as soon as the courses start. And that happens throughout the year. So what is strong, like, you know, you've mentioned some of the motivators, people are maybe trying to upgrade their skills or, you know, maybe they're just continual learners, but what are other strong motivators for people to enroll in some of these continuing studies courses? Yeah, it is definitely career success. So that can be a number of different uh, reasons or motivations for people that they're in a career that they enjoy but they want to get better at project management or leadership. They're in a career that they don't enjoy and they need the skills to be eligible for all of the new opportunities that are happening out there in terms of learning. So we we always ask our students when uh, they enroll in a course, why are you taking this course? And we see time and time again, it is about their careers. It's about the, the employment that they have and, and their hopes to actually continue to grow in their careers. You mentioned that some seniors take uh, continuing education and continuing studies. What sorts of courses do people my age uh, find popular? Well, we have some wonderful personal interest courses. So we offer uh, some really, really cool art appreciation courses. They are taught by one of our faculty at Western and she does just a really dynamic job in uh, making people get excited about art through the ages. We also do some really cool writing courses. And so for example, this fall, we are offering a new course on writing mysteries and thrillers. And I would think with some seniors, you might want a course on writing memoirs as well. Yeah, we do actually have a whole suite of courses in a creative writing certificate and memoirs is occasionally offered uh, once or twice a year. So I know that right now um, we've had to move a lot of our 
face-to-face uh, -face programs online. So as people go to the website, um, I encourage them to go back time and time again because as new courses are being offered online, they're being set up on the system for people to find out about them and, and sign up if they're interested. So uh, we've also been going through, you know, the challenge of change in our lives. Are there courses, for example, that can help us cope and um, understand our reaction to change and how to deal with change? Yes, uh, we have a wonderful new certificate that we're launching this fall called Managing Change. It's comprised of three courses. They are all online, but they're very helpful in giving people a chance to understand their own response to change and how that varies from one person to the next. And by knowing that difference uh, that exists between all of us on how we respond to change, how to be able to um, be respectful, how to communicate, and how to get through people, get people through the different phases of change, especially dramatic change as it is happening right now. Speaking of change, there's been some change around the continuing studies. You had some uh, some location downtown in London at City Center, and, and that has changed. So tell us a little bit about that, Carolyn. Yes, yeah, so over the last two years, we have seen significant growth in online learning. In 2019, our enrollment in online courses grew by 34%. That was before COVID-19. So um, we were also seeing that some of our in-person programming was starting to decline. And with our lease expiring in 2021, we thought the best way for us to move forward, to be ready for the future, was to expand our access to learners in online learning. Um, we have been downtown for 20 years and we will keep working with our partners in the community to offer face-to-face -face programs when it is safe to do so. So what is the process now for uh, accessing continuing studies? Um, the best way is through our website, wcs.uwo.ca. Uh, there are currently 85 courses open for enrollment over the, the fall and winter. Uh, depending on your career goals and your personal interests, um, I recommend that you take time to browse so that what you choose is worth your while and what you want to learn about. And once you've made that decision, registration is fast. There's no waiting period except for uh, the start of the course. And that, as I said, can happen throughout the year. Well, Carolyn, we want to thank you for your time here this morning. And uh, I'm sure that there's are going to be a number of people who are listening who uh, will be investigating some continuing studies. And we're not far from September, which is a great time to start. Yes, Thanks, exactly. Carolyn. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, Monica. You're listening to Ask BBB. And our guest has been Carolyn Young, Western Continuing Studies Director. How does a business become an accredited business with the BBB? We'll return in a moment with the details. Welcome back to Ask BBB. I'm Jim Swan with Monica Braz, who is the Director of Marketing and Strategic Initiatives for BBB Serving Western Ontario. Monica, the guests we feature each week on Ask BBB are businesses accredited by the Better Business Bureau. And this morning, we want to talk about how those companies qualify for accreditation, how they maintain it, and what that means to consumers. 
Yes, it's a great topic to discuss, especially at this time. More than ever, consumers are really looking for trustworthy businesses and they're afraid of getting caught up in scams. When a business is accredited by the Better Business Bureau, it means that BBB has determined that the business meets the high accreditation standards which are created and maintained by the BBB. These standards include a commitment to their consumers and that they'll also make a good faith effort to resolve any consumer complaints. That really shows that the business is serious about its product and its services and will do what they can to meet their customers' needs. And of course, accredited businesses represent every category of industry possible. It's very diverse. But how does a company earn accreditation? What does that mean to the consumers? You mentioned that BBB makes sure that the business meets accreditation standards. What, what are some of the accreditation standards, Monica? Well, the BBB has existed for over 100 years, and the focus has really been to create standards over that time so that businesses can support us in creating trust in the marketplace. The code of business practices is built on eight principles. And the first is really that other businesses are interested in contributing to building trust. A business must be in operation for a minimum period of time. And then we confirm that they have all of the licensing needed in their industry and that they're willing to agree to the terms of trust that are outlined by the BBB which includes, as we've mentioned, a commitment to work along with the BBB and consumers in the case that there is a dispute. So I guess that's where the motto that we close every program with comes from, start with trust. Right, that's a founding principle. And part of building that trust is adhering to other principles. These include such things as, you know, be honest in your advertising, always tell the truth, be transparent, honor the promises that you make, be responsive, responsive, safeguard privacy, and also embody integrity. On the, BB web, on the BBB website, each of those principles is expanded with criteria that outline the things a business needs to do to meet the commitment to that principle. Yes. For example, in the area of advertising, BBB has developed a code of advertising that businesses agree to abide by. And what is the process for a business to gain BBB accreditation, Monica? Well, a business can easily apply online at BBB.org or they can call their local BBB office. Additionally, we're constantly reviewing requests from customers about trustworthy businesses in certain sectors. And so we research the marketplace and extend invitations to companies and businesses that appear to meet our criteria. Additionally, many times consumers have had a really positive experience with the business and they might recommend that we invite that business to apply for accreditation as well since they feel that they're doing a great job in building trust in their community. Can you just walk us through what happens once a business or a company applies to the BBB? The application they complete gathers information about their business, such as the size of their company, incorporation information, etc. The application is then reviewed by a committee, and if the business meets all of the requirements, it, it'll be approved. The process usually takes about a month. We know this is a great advantage for the consumers because they know that accredited businesses have agreed to the BBB standards of trust. What about the business? Yes, there are several resources and tools that the businesses will have access to once they are accredited. The business is listed, for example, in the accredited business directory where they can build their profile, showcase their products and services. And this directory is constantly being searched by consumers when they're looking for trustworthy businesses. 
Of course, they will also have the BBB seal that they can display in their advertising and in their location, which really adds credibility to their business and helps them stand out uh, from among their competitors. And that seal lets consumers know that they're dealing with a company they can trust. Absolutely. Consumers want to be confident that the business is adhering to standards of ethics and trust, and so that seal really gives them um, acknowledgement of that. They know that there's, if there's a problem of any kind, the company has had a track record and will commit to resolving these issues. So if you want further information about becoming an accredited business, visit bbb.org. And Monica, that's our time for this week. If you have a story about a business that has gone above and beyond during this unusual time, send us an email or contact us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at BBBWesternONT. And as we discussed today, if you're thinking about becoming part of one of the largest business networks in North America, visit us online at BBB.org. Thanks for listening this morning. I'm Jim Swan. And I'm Monica Braz. Remember, ask BBB. And start with trust.